Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Good Humans podcast with me, Cooper Chapman chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. Hello to every single good human out there right now tuning in to today's episode of Good Humans Podcast. This is guest episode number 71 with an absolute legend by the name of Dan Gorringe. I can't wait to share this episode with you, but first... I just want to say a big thanks to everyone who continues to tune into this podcast. The numbers grow week in, week out. It's really special for me to know that by just having incredible conversations with people, them opening up and sharing some of the highlights of their life, but also the lowlights is so important. It's really changed my life. It's opened my mind to the differences we all have, and we can really learn from everybody's story. So if you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure you share it with a friend. If you learn something, the best thing you can do is tell a mate about it because it really helps this podcast get out to more people. I know the benefit it is having having for so many of you. And yeah, if you can share it with a friend, that would be so, so helpful for me. Also, please hit the five stars on either Spotify or Apple. Hit that follow button. Um, yeah, it's great to know people are coming week in, week out. And there's so many incredible guests on the horizon, so you don't want to miss them. But today's guest is Dan Gorringe. Dan's a guy that I've been pestering for quite some time on social media um, to get on the podcast. He's such a legend. He's had a really, really just different journey to a lot of people. He's um, grew up in South uh, South Australia, got into AFL football at quite a young age, had a lot of success as a youngster, 10th draft pick into the AFL league, and things then changed a bit for him. And I wasn't expecting the episode to go this way. He really opened up about the struggles he had during his AFL career with trying to lift up to the performance, which he put the expectation, not only he put on himself, but also the sport as a whole, the organizations he played for put on him. And yeah, basically the amount that he struggled with it. And yeah, like I said, I wasn't expecting the conversation to go this way. It was really special beautiful to hear him open up to be super vulnerable and share that experience we then went on to post career and what he's done since playing AFL which has been going the big brother house he got second in big brother which once again he, he talked about some stories that I wasn't expecting him to talk about how building relationships in the house was how just being switched out off from the outside world during the start of COVID how that experience was and yeah what a bloody cool experience it was getting to spend yeah a bunch of time in the big brother house coming away with the second which then helped grow his profile brought him into the limelight and he's done some amazing things with that he's got his own podcast with a great friend of mine dylan buckley called list cloggers which is just going gangbusters hilarious um really informative but also really special how they do bring mental health into it it's all about encouraging um, people in the football community and their extended social media community to yeah just be open about mental health which yeah it made me really proud to speak to another young australian who's really pushing this conversation starters of mental health 
We then speak about his growth on social media. He has over six and a half million TikTok followers, which is just crazy, um, with some very simple videos, which we will have a few assets over on social media to check out. And also his new thing, Sippy Lager, which is his new beer that he's brought out, but with an underlying message to try and help mental health. So let's jump straight into the chat. You're going to love it. I bloody loved it. Welcome, Dan Gorringe. How are you, brother? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Big fan from afar. Now to finally be here. An honour, so thank you. I know, I've been um, one of those serial pests trying to get you on the <laughs> podcast and you could make deal and I have to, I do have to admit, we, we did lock it in last time I was in Melbourne and yeah. I stood you up. You burnt me. Yeah, I burnt. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone listening, Dan was like, yep, let's do it this time. And I'd reached out to Hugh Van Kylenberg as well with a bit of a long shot and he was like, I can only do this time. And I was like, Dan, sorry, it's mate. It's okay, mate. A bigger fish came in. <laughs> and you had to get him. No, no. Had to, had to reel in the big dog, but you said he's a bit, you're a big fan of you as well. And, um, yeah, he's a bloody legend. He's a good human, isn't he? He's an incredible bloke. Great, it, was, um, bloke. it was really nice to have him on the pod. But, man, today's all about you. So awesome. I'm excited to get to know you because you've had a very extraordinary life. And yeah. football, post-career, heaps of cool stuff's happened. And, mm. yeah, I'm looking forward to digging into it and learning a bit more about you and getting to know the story. So. Thanks, man. The first thing I open up with is, what are you grateful for right now? Oh, I'm like on this teetering edge of being emotional at the moment. I don't know. The last two weeks, I've just been watching stuff and like breaking down. Really? I don't know. I'm in a weird... Sit to my partner, like, I don't know why what's happening at the moment, but I'm like really highly strung. And I don't know why. So that almost got me. What am I grateful for? Grateful for a lot of things. At the moment, I'm grateful for um, what I have... I don't like the word platform in terms of following or, you know, the, the word influencer, but I'm grateful that I'm in a position where I'm heard. Mm. Um, heard as in I know that I influence or can influence a lot of people. And today especially, I'm, I'm driving the way in here, I thought, you know, similar to what am I grateful for, what is, what's something I'm really enjoying at the moment? Mm. And it's that having a voice and being lucky enough to be heard. Um, so I'm grateful for that today. Do you feel pressure comes with that? Definitely, yeah. A lot of pressure does. Um, not pressure as in I don't want to say anything that, you know, where I stuff up or, or mm. something like that or say the wrong thing. But when I feel like I do kind of or can mould the thoughts of young people and how they think and how they act, there's a bit of pressure with that. But it's also a massive blessing Yeah. to share my experiences like I will today and to you know, uh, have insight into some things that I've gone through. I think that's, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. What about, are you scared of cancer culture? Are you scared of saying something and getting cancelled? Not really, mate. I would have been cancelled by now. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Right. I don't think so. It's probably coming soon. But um, nah, not, not really. I mean, I'm not doing a Kanye. Kanye's kind of off the, uh, oh, the yeah, deep end at the moment. I didn't hear you just jump off the I know. Nah, <laughs> yeah, cancel culture doesn't, doesn't really phase me, I think. Yeah, I don't think I've myself in those positions to be like, get rid of him. He's done. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, man, today's all about getting to know your score story. So mm. we're going to rewind back to the start. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? What was family life like? I guess primary school into high school yeah. age. And yeah, how was that upbringing for you? Yeah, it was good. So I'm from Adelaide originally. Um, born and raised in Adelaide uh, in Teacher Gully. So sort of like the foothills into the country. Um, family was pretty good. Uh, Mum and dad... Got married, had me, uh, unfortunately broke up. So I was living out of two homes. Um, growing up as a kid, you know, that's the first thing I really remember. But it just split up when I was two. Um, so that was that was fine, is what it is. Uh, and then childhood was, was great. There's nothing that ever I can put down and think of that was like, no, nah, that was terrible, that was traumatic. It was just, 
you know, living out of two homes, mum during the week and dad on the weekends. Um, and dad, you know, used to take me to footy and that was great. And, um, you know, I bounced around a few schools just from being in two different homes for the first 13 years of my life, which was a bit tough, like trying to make new friends and, you know, get used to your surroundings. That was super tough. Um, but in terms of like how my home life was, I was really lucky. I had two loving parents that obviously didn't see eye to eye, but when I went to each other's house, like it was never a bad word said about the other person. It was like, let's try and just raise Daniel as well as we can. Nice. Um, so no siblings? Got a younger brother, uh, James, and a younger sister, Haley, both oh. in Adelaide still. Nice. Yeah. So um, Adelaide was good. Adelaide taught me a lot of good things. Um, a lot of great people there. Still got my family ties back there and go back when I can. But when I got out of Adelaide, I was like, okay, there's more to the world than just Adelaide in <laughs> the pigeonhole. Yeah. Absolutely. And when did football come into your life or AFL start becoming part of your life? I played soccer when I was uh, up until 10. Wow. And then, as I said, bouncing around from school to school, I went to this new school, Torrens Valley, and all the friends I'd made there were playing footy. And I was like, okay, we'll I have to jump in here to make friends and let's just see how we go. Remember the first game, I was like, I was horrendous. Like, I'm still playing soccer, like... The ball be on the ground instead of bending down to pick it up. I just boot it on the ground. I'm like you can't do that. I was like, okay, I'll slowly get it. Um, so yeah, football went from from there to up the ranks um, in Norwood, which is my the next team up from my local team. And then from there, things just kind of took off. I'm like 13 to talking to scouts and um, you know getting managers and stuff. Like from a really young age, it just really? got real serious real quick. Hectic. How was school for you then in high school? Was it? A good time? Did you enjoy your studies or was it, yeah. you know, like football's already my future? Yeah. Because yeah, I totally switched off. Totally switched off from schooling. And I wish I didn't. Like, it's one of those ones where you wish you'd say, like, oh, well, I should have tried harder in school. I totally disconnected from school. And mum and dad knew that. Um, but they were pretty supportive. Like, I just, just barely got through, was always focused on footy. Um, and they supported that, which is great. So it was never any pushback, like, no, you've got to study hard because you're not going to make it like they fully I think without really asking them face to face did you believe as much as I did I think if I did they would would say yeah wow. yeah we thought how important is that having that support of your family like yeah especially as a young athlete I feel like it can go two ways like there's some parents are like you have to get your education as well but then sometimes that like complete support I think can give people that platform to like sort of springboard into it knowing mm. they've got the full family support behind them yeah definitely or well, yeah you know as, as much as i do like there's it can i've heard families that are the total opposite and they say no like footy's like your second thing you have to prioritize you have mm. to go get your education and I, that if i had that would have been super tough like i needed um a, a family that's gonna be like no nah, we believe as much as you do we're gonna drive you around like all around the country to make it work wow. even if it leads nowhere so super lucky to have that how good yeah parents are just like Unreal. people are like I'm very lucky as well. My parents are super supportive. Like mm. that's one of the things that I'm most grateful for is like reflecting back on how many people don't have that family structure to allow them to achieve their dreams. And yeah. you just got to imagine how many kids could have been so talented if they had the support. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. So I know. So like that's, that's half the battle I've, I think coming up, like there was kids that were like, I remember real clearly kids, you go to local footy games against like the next suburb and you have kids that are super talented, then you all leave at the same time and like their parents are like either yelling at them or telling them to hurry up and you just tell from the outside in like you go home and must not be happy. Mm. Like that's got to play a part in how you perform on the field. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's crazy to watch. But mm. yeah, hopefully 
any parents listening or any kids out there sure. can yeah just sure. realize how important it is to support the kids mm. but that next chapter sort of coming towards the end of high school what is because uh, i'm not huge on afl i've had one other afl guess i was like quainer on yeah bloody legend legend yeah. um so i'm not huge on afl i actually started supporting collingwood this year because oh, i went to a few oh no i'm Carlton. <laughs> you know where big enemies Carlton collingwood i don't know that much about <laughs> afl but, but we'll be right yeah, yeah. um so yeah i don't know heaps about it so what was yeah. that transition like for you going from obviously a pretty good junior if you're getting managers and scouted from yeah. such a young age and you're in the top 10 draft pick weren't you yeah uh, 10 it, so. yeah somehow uh, uh, you're like the self-proclaimed worst top 10 yeah draft terrible. Pick. i was so bad so bad i'm sure that if you, there's a case out there that i wasn't the worst but i was up there with the worst so yeah um, um so yeah what's that next stage like going from the end of high school and what how old are you and when does afl become full-time yeah, so I got drafted when I was uh, 18 and straight out of high school, straight out of my like, home state of Adelaide. And it's, it's, as I said before, it's all I wanted to do. Like I didn't want to do school and I had my sights so focused on playing AFL football. Um, and being lucky enough to have these chats early on in the year as a 17-year-old getting ready for the draft, you kind of knew where your future was. Yeah. Um, instead of rocking up the draft and be like, I got no idea where I'm going here. Like, I might not even get drafted, and if I'm not getting drafted, what am I doing for work? I was pretty lucky to have like 99% sure, like I'm going here. It's yeah. just time. It's just where. So, had a lot of time to prepare and think about that. Um, and the transition was was really good. I think I was ready to get out of Adelaide. I think I'd outgrown it. I wanted to go and stand on my two own two feet not be relying on mum and dad and I needed to go out and learn life experiences but also I needed to, I wanted to play footy at the highest level mm. um, and I, I don't know what happened I just remember as soon as I got to like the first training session I felt something I'd never ever felt before and that was like this feeling of like I'm not the best player here uh-huh. everywhere else I'd gone not arrogance, just like a, a self-confidence. Confidence, yeah. yeah, saying like, I know if I want to try, I can be better than everyone else here in this room. Like whether you're 18 or whether you're 30, you know, in my little, you know, fish yeah. pond at Adelaide. Small fish fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah big, big fish, small fish. pond. Literally, I had that in Adelaide. What were, what do you put down your like early success to as a junior? Was it like hard work? Do you think it was just raw oh. talent? Because I think looking back, you can generally pinpoint, like for me, my surf career, I definitely feel like I had quite a bit of raw talent yeah. and I had that, early but i also was super dedicated like just loved it and surfed mm. all day every day yeah so what do you think your junior part of your career you put down the success to yeah much the same as you like actually i had a definitely more so raw talent like i just was gifted picked it up doing, yeah it. picked it up and it felt natural like obviously apart from that first game but <laughs> the second game onwards like just felt really good and i enjoyed going in the front yard and jumping into a tree pretending i'm taking a massive pack mark and weirdly like the stuff I should have done when I was in the AFL, actually visualizing those moments. Like I was doing that at young age, but obviously you don't think about it yeah. as a young kid doing that. Um, so this raw talent and actual passion for, for love of the game yeah. is where it led me to get into the position of the AFL. But like I said, as soon as I got there, it just it's almost like a dark cloud has come over. Like you are not in the environment that you're, you're ready to thrive in. Like you're not the most talented, you're not the biggest, you're not the strongest, you're not the fastest. Yeah, wow. Mm. That was pretty hard, that transition for you. So where did you get drafted to? So I drafted the Gold Coast Suns, um, pick 10 in 2010 uh, draft. Um, 
and the Gold Coast Suns at the time were the new team in the league. So there was a lot of eyeballs on them, a lot of young talent, like all the best kids coming to this one team because they had so many concessions with AFL to help them out at the start. Like yeah. we don't want you guys to be shit at the start. Yeah. We actually want you to be competitive. So have like the best 20 kids in Australia, have this cap space and go buy some really good senior players and bring them all to one team and at least compete. But you got there in the facilities and... It wasn't as good. It so wasn't as good bad. as I was, yeah, I was so you talk about this recently. It's it was a bit so different to Melbourne and literally. Adelaide and the places yeah. that have been doing AFL for a long time. Yeah. So when I, for those that aren't really sure the AFL landscape, like the AFL clubs, they have their multi-million dollar businesses and their facilities are unreal. So like the best gyms, because they're all competing against each other. Yeah. So the best gyms, the best ice baths, yeah, the saunas. better you have it, the more players are attracted to yeah. come play. For yeah, them. it's a massive pool to bring players in. Like the physio rooms, the the massage rooms are unbelievable. When I got to the Gold Coast, it was literally like a tin shed. Like, like footy sheds at your local footy club. Actually, some local footy clubs were better. It was a tin shed and there was like, it was boiling in the Gold Coast. It's boiling, you know. I live just, on the Gold Yeah, yeah. you know, that heat. Yeah, just absolutely like sucked it out of you. Like you're all day, you, you train in the morning from nine to 12 in the heat. So you're already drained. And then two hours later, you're in the gym trying to lift as hard as you can. Like it just wasn't ready. It wasn't yeah. ready at all. So did that pay, like that, that, did that play any part in it? Not really. I don't think so. I just think, oh, I just, I mean, even now thinking like, what was it? I can't even put my finger on why I felt that way. It was just like a, a full zap of confidence. It's like I'd lost my abilities. Wow. Like I had no, I had no confidence in kicking the ball and what, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I don't, when people yeah. ask what happened. That's so interesting. Crazy. Have you spoken to like, do you know Ben Crow at all? Or like, yeah, I've heard him you, speak yeah. before. Have you spoken to like, did you try and like work out anything with like psychologists in the team and stuff and just couldn't click? Couldn't. To be yeah. honest, I have a weird similar feeling. I went to my, I all, like I, had a, I was very consistent in my surf career and I made yeah. a lot of quarterfinals, but mm. I could never get from the quarters to the final. Yeah. I just couldn't find that next level. Like a block. Yeah, yeah. It was like I could consistently get 14 to 15 points. Yeah. But then when I needed to lift up to that 16, 17 points to win events, I just really, really struggled. Yeah kind of sounds like similar like you had like a yeah. great baseline you're good enough to be there but to yeah. be the star player and to literally. continue that form from the junior yeah literally well that's the, that's just, it was a complete zap of confidence i didn't ever think i would belong there yeah um and it just like i didn't want to, i didn't feel like training because i had no confidence to go out there and perform but every now and then like i'd have a training session where you just turn it on you go how good's that and mm. you have this confidence you're maybe i do belong and then you know, you go back to your little dark hole and you're right and you go, no, I don't belong. Mm. So it was a really bizarre headspace to be in because I was doing the thing that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to play AFL football and I'd, you know, foregone studying at school to do this. Mm. And now I'm here and I'm like, I don't like this at all. Yeah. Sometimes but, when like expectation doesn't meet reality, it can yeah. be such a cruel one. Terrible, terrible. And then... I mean, that continued for my whole career. That went from... So I'm 18 at this point. Yeah. 17, on top of the world, getting drafted, top 10, let's get into it. Getting to, paid good money. Getting paid, yeah. You. To 18, getting paid good money and hating it. Absolutely, like literally faking it to wow. be there every day. And it just, it spiraled and spiraled and spiraled. So when, I know you mentioned, did you speak to someone? I was kind of in that era where or era where you don't really talk about how you're feeling mm. like it was especially in a footy club you're like no way no yeah. i'm it's not more gonna... about performance than like the mental side performance, of performance macho men like 
you know, be happy or get on with it kind yeah. of attitude. Um, and that was unheard of. Like, I don't even think we had a psych on the team. I don't wow. think many teams did. I think psychs came on maybe three years, four years after. Wow. Yeah. So there was none of that. There was no venting. Um, as the first time I felt like that. So I wasn't, like, who do I speak to? I don't even know who I'm going to go talk to. Is it my dad? I don't want to talk to my dad because yeah. my dad and I have never had that conversation before. And now we're in a different state. It doesn't make sense. I'm not going to tell another player because he's going to be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, let's just bottle this thing up. And the bottle was five years of bottling. Wow, man. That must mm. have been hard. Crazy. What was what was that the your career like then through Gold Coast? How long did you stick around there? Mm. Was it, Obviously, your performance is maybe not deteriorating, but yeah. not to the level that the expectation of your team and your yeah the people scouting you definitely what was that like for you did you get dropped from there or did you move from there what was that next stage after the gold coast so i spent the five years there five Um, years ago spent five years so this is five years i stuck it out and every day years too 18 to 23 is like yeah real developmental years yeah literally i don't even know who i am like my personality is tied to this game of footy i have no idea who i am it's crazy it's just it's funny you bring that up around the exact same age this is what i do my workshops at schools about my the core of it is that my whole identity and self-worth was based around my surfing oh, yeah. and it's crazy how similar our stories are yeah. actually in its own way because i literally talked about this at a workshop with the kids this morning when i was successful as a junior and winning surf comps as a like same thing big fish small pond in australia mm. my mental health and my well-being was good <laughs> because good. i'd go to the local i'm sure the same for you yeah. i'd go to my local beach you get patting on the back oh well done man well done in that last game like 100 percent. and your whole identity is attached to an outcome in a game yeah and then you move on to this next stage where you go exactly like you big fish small pond to small fish big pond mm. and then you start doubting yourself and not getting the achievements and then your well-being drops and the best thing that i learned and i got told by my sports like same thing though i had years of this was to base my self-worth around my values and who i am as a person not my sport yeah yeah what when did you start kind of breaking i guess from that mindset or yeah that's that's literally what you just said is literally how it is yeah your identity was literally like growing up in adelaide and playing those games good game daniel go back to the club room everyone's patting your back saying how good you're going and then everyone's like, oh, what's going on? What's wrong with Daniel? Yeah. You can't do it anymore. Yeah, that just adds yeah, to it. It's crazy. Eh? So I think once I, so I felt like exactly what you just said just then, you, you base your personality, you're feeling your emotions and how you're performing. Mm. And that was so wrong. So I did that from 18 at Gold Coast Suns right through to, I think my first year at Carlton, which was 2015. So I go from 18 and 23 playing the Gold Coast Suns. And then... Um, I get dropped from the team, so I'm cut off. They say, okay, you know, we've, we've tried for five years, we're yeah, not getting the best out of yeah. you, you're underperforming now, um, we have to move you on. How is that getting dropped? Um, I saw it coming, like internally I knew, I knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I prepared myself the best you can, yeah. um, but at the same time, I don't think anything really can, yeah. to actually hear it coming out of someone's mouth, like, we don't want you on this list anymore. Heartbreaking. Tough, yeah. tough. Um, and, and like, okay, awesome. So now I'm not on a team. Who am I? I need to get on another team to have my personality and my worth back. Yeah. So spoke to three teams and then Carlton, um, I chatted, I chatted with Carlton and they said, yeah, we will take a, we'll take a punt on you. And Carl, it's, Carlton's your, what yeah. team did you support growing up? Like, Adelaide, what, Adelaide, Adelaide Crows. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of weird. Like when you get drafted, 
you, you follow the AFL and you have a team and then you get drafted and it's like all that stops. Yeah. Like yeah, I stopped yeah, going you, for anyone. It's like go, this is a yeah, job. You go yeah. for the team that yeah. you play for. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. It's like describing like, would you cheer for like the office job you have? Like, is that you to go in there and be like, yes, <laughs> <True>. go us? <laughs> like, it doesn't work like that. It's like that in footy. Like, you get to a team like, I can't really cheer for anyone now. Yeah, so yeah. You go out and work. Yeah, go play. Um, so I had to really go, and Carlton when I went. To, so yeah, uh, eighteen years old to twenty three, get dropped, need a new team, find Carlton, and Carlton was like for the first month. How good is this new sense of of life? Like I'm in a new air, a new better facilities, better facilities. Like I think I'm older. I'm trying to deal with what's going on mentally with myself. I'm trying Where's to, Carlton? Uh, actually, in Carlton here. Okay, yeah, my, yeah, my. yeah. Uh, near the city. Okay. Essentially, so two minutes city. There's too many. Oh, there's, there's so much. In the middle of Melbourne, <laughs> no, like two minutes from the city. Epic. So. I'm still trying to work out what's going on inside. Like, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I like footy. I know I've got raw talent. I yeah. know that when I actually try, I have these glimpses of great stuff. But I know that's five percent of it. Ninety-five percent. I hate being here. Yeah. So I go to Carlton and I have a really good preseason, probably my best preseason. So preseason training yeah. is like two k time trial training, like game simulation i'm just doing things i've never done before playing good playing unbelievable like living up to what i could have should have been doing five years ago Sick. so i'm going how good is this on top of the world and then back to what we said before you dictate you, your performances dictate how you feel mm. and i have a terrible pre-season campaign and this bottle or this you know this thing that i'm feeling inside that i've been bottling all these emotions just explodes and goes everywhere um and i broke down i said i spoke to someone at the club, uh, might have been the GM or the uh, player welfare manager at this time, said, I'm no good here. Like, I have to step away from the footy club. I, wow. I can't be here. I hate being here. I get anxiety. I am I get depressed being here. There's been three mornings where I've been in the car park and called you saying I'm sick where I've just been in the car park and didn't want to come in. Wow. So that happened and I took two weeks off from footy completely. Went away and the discussions were with my family, with my partner at the time and the club, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm retiring. Was that a bit of relief to actually get to share how you're feeling? Yeah, unreal. It felt so good to be like, I'm done with this. I don't need this emotionally anymore, mentally. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. And I made, I made that decision. I've told my family, you know, what's happened. I said, I've, I've had a really, not episode, but I've been going through some stuff the last five years and it's just spilled everywhere. Yeah. So I made a decision to quit and then... I had one more chat with the club and for some reason I'm back in. <laughs> Did you play a game with them or that was all pre-season? Yeah, it was all pre-season. So all of a sudden I'm like, nah, I'm back in. I'm too scared to face what I am without footy. Yeah. So we're back into it. <laughs> we're back in and I'm just getting through at this point. You know, I'm, I'm training, I'm playing reserves and when you're playing reserves, you're just trying to you're trying to do enough to go up and play the seniors because everyone hates playing reserves. Yeah. You don't play resis. And somehow, or well, I know how, there's injuries in the senior team. So all of a sudden, I'm in the senior team. And crazy, I get in my first game, I go okay, and then I absolutely start turning it on. Sick. I'm back. Like, it's just this roller coaster up and down. Yeah, yeah. I was quitting six months ago, and now I'm playing the best footy of my life in the top level. Epic. So how good is this? Um, I do my hip. I left hip after a month of playing really good senior footy and that was the end of it. I had one more year to go in my career and my contract. Um, but after that hip, back into my mental state, my whole... I'm no not going to be able to come back from this. Not come yeah. back from this. So 
go back the next year, have my hip surgery, back to pre-season, don't even look like getting a senior game, just coasting through and then tell me in the year, like, oh, I'm done. You know the reasons why. We've had a chat this time last year, a bit earlier in the year. Yeah. You know how I'm feeling mentally. I don't want to be here. Wow. And um, after seven years, I'd, I'd call it quits and it was the best day of my life. Wow. Calling it. Yeah. And that's so sad because it's, that period of my life to a, a kid out there who might be listening, who's playing footy or even sport, for instance, where, you know, it could be surfing or footy or soccer, or basketball, whatever it is, you think that's the best years of your life. But that was not, that was the worst years of my life. Mm. The worst. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting the way I just feel so many similarities. Mm. But the thing that changed for me and I got pretty lucky because I feel like I kind of found this self-development and new mindset throughout. Actually, for me, like I lost my major sponsor and had to make the decision how am I going to fund and do it? And I started working. And then the last like three or four years of my career that I've been traveling the world surfing, I just look at it with like a gratitude mindset. I'm yeah. like, how good is this? I'm like awesome, doing what I always grew up wanting to do. Whereas yeah. when same thing from 18 to 24, it's like this expectation of results yeah. and yeah. just like hating it, not hating it. That's pro- like, there's definitely mo- like hating. Yeah. It's probably the wrong word. Like I don't think I felt like maybe how you did. Yeah. But I just felt like I was never hitting that expectation. So like, like you were just turning up, then you had to do it. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, yeah, I'm a pro surfer. I need yeah. to like go to the gym. I need to surf, but mm. I'd still like play more golf than surf. Yeah, and I, <laughs> yeah. yeah no. But at least you, so you, so you were able to actually be like, wow, this is pretty cool. Towards the back end, to, towards the back end, because yeah. I was like, wait a second, this isn't going to last forever. No. I get to travel around the world and go surfing. How good! And now I look back at it, I'm just like. I mean, I'm, I still did it last year, yeah, but I look yeah. at it now and I'm like, oh, that's pretty sick. There yeah. wasn't that much that I had to care about yeah. except we got Yeah, that's fair. And I'm the same. Like I, But I love it now, what I do. And I'm, I don't know, we'll get into this yeah. next chapter of your story and I'm sure you're probably the happiest and yeah. healthiest oh, you've yeah. ever been. So happy. And I look back on it, like I know that when you, when you and I probably say this to people, they go, how could you ever feel like that? And on the outside in, you're like, I don't see how that was going on. Like you, you're mm. a young kid, you're playing AFL football, you're even playing some senior footy. Like, how are you feeling that way? But you don't, until you're in that position, yeah. you've got no idea, like, yeah. what it's like. Like, it's it's so tough. It's a big pressure cooker. Yeah, well, it's, and people, like, I spoke to Laura Enever, a pro surfer, about this and what she learned from her side, because same thing, she felt like, why am I, like, depressed and I've got the best life ever? But mm. it's like, mental health doesn't discriminate. Your situation is unique to you. Yeah. And if it's really hard for you, then that's fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter that you've got a really good life and it's hard for you. It's like, all right, how do I find that balance again? How do I find what works for me? But I'm really interested to hear this next chapter then. It's very hard if you said you didn't really have too much education. Hopefully you saved a bit of money and maybe bought a house with your AFL money. But where do you where did you see yourself when you were making that decision to quit? You said it was the best day of your life. What was that next six to twelve months? So that so that that actually calling it was the best day you know the best feeling i've had because it was just like this pressure release like yeah. awesome now i can go out and just not have to stress about training or what i'm eating or anything like that um and then the the next six to 12 months were just like tough trying to find out what am i going to do who am i as a person um what do i actually like like what, what do yeah. i want to do that was really tough so because um, a lot of people have to work that out at 18, 19, whereas yeah. athletes get so lost. And I actually heard something recently about this that you'll mm. relate to as well. As a young athlete, everything is about you. Yeah. You've got coaches trying to like improve you, make you better. You've got fans like watching you. Everyone's trying to make you achieve yeah. your dreams. But mm. then you finish your sport 
and you realize that no one really cares no, about you anymore. No, no, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I need to do this for myself. Yeah. And especially in team sports, because you've mm. got the whole environment around yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah, what was um yeah, how'd you find yourself? What yeah. did you find yourself well, doing? Well, I needed that structure. Yeah. I needed something. I need someone to be like, you need to be here at, you know, nine o'clock and then your day finishes here. Like I I had none of that. So mm. I was completely lost. Um so I had to find out what it was and then I jumped around from I was a tradie, so I was a chippy for a bit. Um, I went into commercial real estate. I hated those jobs, and um, I, ne- I wasn't about as bad I was in the AFL because it was like this is just a job. Like I don't really like. There's nothing really riding on it. Like I know I need a paycheck. I know I can just do it. Yeah. Um, so there's no mental anxiety around it. And then after a year, I was like, nah, bugger it. Let's just do something that I want to do. And that was talking about footy and and sharing my experiences like the humorous side not so much the stuff we've spoken about just about you know what i went through and how funny it was and how totally different it was to you know these players that have 300 games and win flags and premierships and all that um and then dill buckley who i play with um we started a podcast called list cloggers where we are just take the absolute piss out of footy like we have a light-hearted talk about what's happening in footy our experiences rah rah and that was that became my structure. You know, so when did this clock start though? 2021? Started in, when was So you finished in 2016? 20, I finished in 2017. Okay. So 2017, I, I bounced around from jobs from, yeah, end of 2017, 2018 to 2020. Yeah. I bounced around. Then there was Big Brother. And then, he, yeah, then <laughs> there's Big Brother. So that's probably what I missed out. So <laughs> 2018, 2020. Tell me about Big Brother. How'd that come about? How'd you... Mate. Did you apply and stuff? Or did you get headhunted to go on it? I or? applied. So I applied and I was like... It was one of those ones where I was like, what did am I doing? Did someone hit you up to apply or you were just, just like... Just out, out, out of the blue. Out of the blue. So bouncing around jobs, chippy, commercial real estate. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Big Brother application just came across my table like on the internet. I was like, oh, let's apply and see what happens, not expecting anything to come back. Then a week later, I was in this interview process and um, went through all of that. It's yeah. a long interview process, eh? It's Mate, crazy. My it friend's crazy. going through it right now. He's like, I had to do all, like doctor reports and all this. And, it is like, crazy. Sexual health checkups Literally, and all this yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you've been STD. I was like, I don't think so. I'm going to check now. It's <laughs> like, okay then. Um, so like that interview process to get on there is, it's for me, it was like four interviews. Like you said, a full doctor's health check, blood check. Like everything, do a full history on you. And then six months later, they're like, we'll see you in Sydney and we'll start recording. It's like, great. So I did that and I'd watched it before, like the old Big Brothers, when it was dominating TV. And yeah. like, um, everyone was watching it. So I got on there and it, it was just totally different to what I thought. I thought, I thought it was going to be like, we'll be doing something all the time and we'll be doing the challenges. It's a lot of sitting around and... Mate, like 23 hours a day, you're sitting there just, just like... Coming friends with people. Literally catching nothing. sun. And after the first week, you went into the conversations. Like, <laughs> I literally know everyone here, like the back of my hand. Like, what do we talk about now? No way. Um, and then about a week in, I was like, oh, this was cool like a week ago. Now I just want to get out of here. Like, this is... But you didn't get out of there quickly, eh? No, you getting sick. To the end, I know. So they didn't feed... They don't feed you at the start. You're on rations between 20 people. <laughs> The rations like a can of tuna. And you're a big boy too. Oh, mate, I was struggling. I was wasting away. <laughs> so like, I think we worked it out. If you had, for the week, we had, you know, eggs, spinach, tuna, and tomatoes and porridge. It was like you have a bowl, a small bowl of porridge in the morning, uh, egg and spinach and tuna at night, and then like a handful of pasta. Like, that's what you were getting. I was like, that's an entree for me, collectively. <laughs> yeah, you've <laughs> been on the footy diet. Like, like, this is great for my diet, but terrible because I actually want to eat. 
So with that, your emotions are so, you're so highly strung. Mm. Like anything can push you over the edge. Um, and we got letters from home like seven days after being in there. Seven days. You're like, that's okay. And everyone's just bawling their eyes out. I was like, okay, I can see where this is coming from. Everyone's just hungry. We're not really sad. Yeah. Um, and as you said, got through to the end and um, got pipped on the line. So runner up. Cool experience though, eh? Really cool. Like, what are like? Really cool. Really cool to learn about. Not often you have time just to sit and think. Mm. And I had no phone, yeah, no, no phone. communication. So weird. Yeah, it would have been nice. So it was actually lovely. And learn awesome. how to actually communicate with people yeah, and like have talk a conversation. to people. Yeah. And that was part of the challenge. Like I think I was ready to actually put myself out there and being in a footy environment, you're so sheltered from the public because rightly or wrongly, you, you go out in the community, people know you. You go out to a nightclub, people know you. You go to a bar, people know you. You go to a footy game, people want photos and yeah. autographs. So to be able to be like, let's get rid of that and let's go and actually interact with people and learn about people and and see where they've come from and their walks of life because at the moment in my life i've only spoken to the same kind of people and they're 18 year old kids who i've grown up with and played footy and they're on good money and they're yeah, living yeah. their dream so let's go talk to a guy from broken hill who would love to be in my position let's go talk to a guy yeah. in perth who loves bugs like that's his thing right into bugs awesome how good <laughs> and they become my best mates like and you would never have picked it how cool is that though like so just cool. to actually for, not forcefully but just have the opportunity to actually get to know people who you definitely wouldn't have just Never. gone and had a beer with at the pub but then you're like wait a second there's it would have probably been really good to build empathy but then as well now being a podcaster really yeah. good at learning how to communicate and learning yeah. how to actually sit and listen to someone because you had so much time it was unreal like and to, to i've said this to ian that the bug the bug man who was right he's right loves his bugs loves he knows every insect he was going around the house collecting moths and under his bed he had this tub of moths i was like what are you doing mate he's like they're gonna die soon i was like mate they're gonna die in that tub as well just let them out like what are you collecting them for oh and, but my god if, if i'd seen Ian in the pub i wouldn't even look twice at him yeah, but yeah. because we're in that situation to become a best mate and i learned so much about him and like how there is beautiful people out there that are so different to me but we can interact and get along mm. and we can be best mates and do it's think, awesome do you think since the house has made you more conscious of that being like more open-minded to meeting people and giving them the time definitely. of day yeah definitely i'm pretty closed off by nature like i it takes a lot for me to um you know to, to make a lot of friends and open up and talk and and get really comfortable but that experience was like you're going to miss out on so many things in life if you don't put yourself mm. out there and meet people and talk and interact so I'm so grateful for that experience, being able to do that. And then coming out of the house, this is actually, I've had someone else who was in Big Brother on Tilly. Yeah. Coming out of the house, you've got this like buffer period before the show comes yeah. out. And yeah. it's like, what do we no, do? Yeah. <laughs> how was that for you? Knowing like you got second and then also like knowing, all right, I'm about to be live on TV yeah. and I don't know how they're going to portray me. It's like, pretty crazy. It's crazy. It was even crazy because we just, we uh, were in there during hit. COVID. So we're in there when COVID came to Australia and we shut down production for a couple of days. No way. Yeah. Like, you guys got all told like all this gnarly thing's happening. Yeah. Like. So we knew before we went in that it was um, obviously in China. And then wow. halfway through the house experience, we get called in and someone's like, yeah, we're taking two days off because we think someone's got it in the staff and the filming crew. <laughs> so for two days, we were just watching like films and watching TV. Oh, and, so you're like, allowed to do everything like else. Nothing, no, no one was there because you can see people in the walls like cameras and moving around and for two days no one's there so we're just do you feel like you're dream. on the truman show just like it was unreal yeah actually legit it was like how good's this <laughs> um so then we come out and they give you the heads up when you're in the car you gotta do an interview when you leave the house about your experience and 
before they do that. Yeah, yeah, literally. Before they do that, like you need this mask to get to the car. I was like, okay, that's weird. (laughs) Do we really need to walk outside and everyone's (laughs) got masks on? Actually, everyone's got masks on. Everyone's standing 1.5 away from each other. There's, you know, hand um, detergent getting around. And I was like, all right, fair enough. And then we get in the car. She's like, just want to give you a heads up. Like, stuff's really different right now. Wow. I was like, what? It's Friday at like 11. So it's not going to be that different. We go through Manly and like everything's shut. Everything's closed off. There's no traffic around. There's no people in the streets. Wow. So that's really weird. That's really weird. Turn on the TV the next day. I'm like, okay, let's just see what's going on here. And like, whoa. Well, in the thick of it. I'm a month behind everyone. This is crazy. Wild. Crazy. Wild. Crazy. And then, so locked, you moved to Melbourne. Are you living in Melbourne? Living in Melbourne. So going to Melbourne, straight in the lockdown. Like Melbourne was so tough. Yeah, yeah crazy. Straight in the lockdown. And then, like you said, we had the show coming up soon. So I can't really say... Where I've come, obviously tell my close friends and family. Like, yeah. I, I, I I'm in the final. That's right, I'm in the final because we don't know until the live show. They know you come out. So, oh, yeah. yeah, true. So I'm like, yeah, I'm in the final. Who knows? And then the show comes out, and it's just. And is that when you kind of like started doing TikTok and social, or was that yeah. before the Big Brother came out? Nah, so I was doing Instagram before that. Yeah. And that was just ticking along, but Big Brother at the time. Because no one was watching anything else. All oh, these yeah, eyeballs were on this show. So COVID's people, everyone's watching people had to watch this thing. So all of a sudden, these accounts start like, literally like you refresh and it's just going up. Refresh, yeah. up, 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 like on the, crazy. And I'm going, what's happening here? This is wild. And then that just took off. And, and, and I'm so thankful for that because without Big Brother, none of the, the social stuff that I do would be possible. Yeah. Um, that now leads me to the podcast and to the beer um, sippy that I have. Yeah, which we're going to get into that in a yeah. second. I want to talk about your TikTok for a second. Yeah. You've got like six and a half million yeah. followers. Like, <laughs> that's like beyond mega influencer. Yeah, it's crazy. How did that come about? And your videos are I just... I do bare minimum. I know. It's a, it's like the most genius content ever. You don't even have to say don't anything. Don't do anything. Well, <laughs> so yeah. So TikTok, I was late to TikTok. I think I got it on last year. And... <laughs> Everyone, I got on there. I was like, everyone's like, you have to get TikTok. You have to get TikTok. I'm like, I don't do want to dance. Yeah, I don't. Exactly. I, was like, I don't want to dance. Like, I don't know how to dance. I'm not comfortable. Like, oh, well, you can like say funny quotes and do videos. I was like, okay, I get it. And like, my feed, my algorithm was just like, oh, I was like, look at my screen. Like, what is happening here? So then I started thinking, okay, I'm not going to do dances. Let me just feel my reaction to these things. And did one. So my TikTok for those listening is like I just react to funny things out there. Yeah, that watch like the most cringe, literally weirdest, weird stuff, stuff you see on TikTok. Like, I just react and post my face to what it is after <laughs> the video. So I did one, put it down, and woke up and it had twenty million views the next day. Oh my god! I was like, well, and you went from like no followers, probably a hundred thousand. Literally went to zero to like a hundred thousand <laughs> and like three million likes. I was oh like, what is happening? So I kept doing it, and to this day I keep doing it. Like I know it's going to burn out, but it's just. I do the bare minimum. It's it's and hilarious though. I love it. Yeah. It's like so, and that's 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 awesome. Like I, I love having that because it's just a great platform and and funnel for stuff that I'm doing now that mm. it, it leads back into. So yeah. Do you use? I mean, I should have looked even closer at your TikTok mm. before recording this. Yeah. But do you use it now as well as? Uh, yeah. Or do you post a video that's not the reaction video and people just like? Eh. Yeah, it's not too. Um, they're, they're all normally um, reaction videos. It's um, yeah. I, I don't. What I do on social and all media really is I'm I'm a big poster and get out. Yeah. Like I'm a I'm a post. Don't look at Create, comments. Don't consume. Yeah. 
yeah, massive on that because I know I've I've been on the opposite of that in your posts and then your comments. Well, it's probably you've been um, detached from it from your footy. Probably like you've like don't yeah. like there's always negative comments in sport and stuff. Too. Yeah, and I've learned. I've learned that that's not good for me. You know, we spoke before yeah. about what was happening. Like I was right into reading comments about team reviews, mm. how I'm going personally, uh, post-game reports. Assumptions and stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, dang. All, right, all these random on. people who don't know me are basing their opinion on me on how I went over two hours of footy. Yeah, it's crazy. So now I, I post, <laughs> I get out. You know, yeah. I check messages, I get out. I get back to what I have to get back to, I'm out. So I don't even see a comment. Yeah. Um, and if I do go in there, it's because I've posted something that I know that I can't get too much slack on. So a funny, you know, image of myself or um, whatever it might be, even the videos that I do sometimes. Um, but Twitter's the big one where I, I post my tweet and I'm out because really? Twitter's crazy. I haven't got to Twitter yet. Mate, be careful. Oh, <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I've got a lot to say, but I'm also yeah. like, I'm just like, it's just another platform it's to wild. take my time. Literally. Your um, mindset around create, don't consume is yeah. like such an important one. Massive, massive on that. So the TikTok's blown off. Yeah. When, uh, like after Big Brother, how long until this clog has came out? Because Dill Buckley is um, a good yeah. friend of yours and someone who I continue to pester. Yeah, get him, mate. <laughs> I feel get like him. You, you and him, I'm just, I'm just like the serial pest of like, hey, can you come on my podcast? Like, <laughs> right, I don't know, I feel like I can relate at least to people so it makes it fun no, and I can have chats with people. Yeah. It's good. Right. Um, but yeah, when did that come about? When did Dill be like, because you did multiple episodes on his Dylan Friends yeah. and then yeah. was he like, let's do one together? Let's do it. Yeah, so he started Dylan Friends. So he was smarter than I was. He saw the end coming and he fully prepared for it. He's like, mm. I'm doing Dylan Friends. I know what I want to put my energy into. I've got into the network of yeah. people. I, can, I know where I'm going. Yeah. I'm confident I want to do that. So he did that during his last year in Sydney. Um, and he's killing it now. So I went on two of his episodes and we just had this really good energy. It was like, this That's is hilarious. Just, you yeah. guys are so funny <laughs> together. Thanks, it's so good. We're just bouncing back and forth and we're, you know, we're getting great listens and views and people are saying, you got to do something, you got to do something. And I was always the one to deal to be like, I don't want to do this. I don't know how it would go. Or I'm too busy to do it when I wasn't really busy. <laughs> too busy posting TikTok Literally, reactions. yeah. <laughs> I'm flat out, mate. You know, I've got stuff out. to react to, okay? <laughs> um, and then COVID came around. He's like, he hit me up again. He's like, you've literally got no excuse now because you're not doing anything. Like no one's doing anything. Yeah. So he started during lockdown in uh, 2020. 2020? Yeah. Yeah, it was COVID, yeah. Yeah. And then... Did eight episodes the first season, came back for 2021 and, and did a whole season. And we've just created this amazing community of like footy people who love having a, a laugh and they're, they're amazing. It's taken off bigger than what we thought. Yeah. So um, this clock is more so about, I've listened to a few episodes, but it's like not directly like a, like footy sort of stuff. It's like... Yeah, lighthearted. So we're not bit footy, yeah. Entertainment, not, but yeah. Foc- footy focused community. Yeah. So footy's like footy the core banter. of it. Yeah, footy's the core of it, but we're very much about like the shit side of footy, the funny stories. Yeah. And, um, footy's definitely the core, but we go off on different rant, rants about stuff, like literally anything that's happening on you know, social media, other sports, life. Um, and then we have this really good, um, another a branch off that is this really good, like, how you're going pieces and talking about how we're feeling and. Mm. Um, at the start, you said, what are you grateful for? And I said, oh, I'm grateful for the platform I have to use. Well, that's one of them because I know so many young men, 18 to 30 or 18 to 40, listen to that show. Yeah. And I know that if Dylan and I open up about how we're feeling, then that hopefully gives... Permission. X amount of people who listen to that 
hey, it's okay to talk about your feelings. It's mm. okay to actually go, I'm not going well. I'm doing really shitty. Yeah. So that is a beautiful thing that we're able to do in this cloggers. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool watching both you and Deal how mental health, and obviously that's probably why you guys have gravitated and given me the chance to catch up with you both and mm. <clears throat> become friends with you guys. Mm social friends but mm. now man you're no, actually we're friends. finally we're friends, yeah. friends, <laughs> friends now um but yeah it's so cool to know and that's what i'm trying to do with the good human factor is yeah. just make mental health cool it's like yeah it's it's just we've no different it. having it yeah we've all got we've it, all got it. Yeah, i don't exactly. know why we're always shying away from it and yeah. if you don't have it good oh, that's great that's awesome as well but the but thing but is everyone has mental health a few people have mental illness yeah. so that's like my whole brand message is five in five people have mental health one mm. in five have mental illness mm. but we all need to take care of our mental health yeah and yeah, be able to have those conversations and learn how to 100%. communicate in a way that people can be there for you. Because so many people miss out on getting support because they just don't know how to communicate yeah. it. And 100%. you guys, yeah, should be so proud to have that platform to be able to do that. Thanks. Well, you've, you've got one now as well, obviously, with the stuff you're doing. Like, I think the biggest, the best conversation, the biggest growth I've had as a human is to talk about how I'm going with someone like you one-on-one or whoever it may be. Like, they have been the biggest movers in my life where i progressed and mm. got out of a bad place or been like that was a great conversation i feel so much better about myself yeah and it, people don't have them like you said yeah it's crazy it's, a shame. it's like a problem shared is a problem half yeah if it's just you holding onto it by yourself there's so much weight on your shoulders yeah. if and we like hope i know there's a lot of people that don't have mates and i think the statistics with like men is like one in three men think they don't have someone they can talk to crazy it's crazy but like yeah. people like yourself are definitely helping break that and like doing it in the footy scene it's like yeah. so cool to see you yeah. guys doing that thanks man um but yeah it, it's just wild the way that society has been brought up and how we're crazy yeah and obviously you'd know from the beginning days of your footy culture mm. it's been ingrained and there is changes happening but it's like what's yeah i'm excited i'm excited but also nervous to see like i feel like the mental health battle is getting better mm. but then social media is just like oh social media is killer like social media can be used for good or bad, but I'm a sucker too. I've been catching myself lately with my screen time so up and I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I know this, I'm yeah. so aware, but then I just like slowly forget about it. I'm like yeah. six hours screen time a day yeah. and I'm like, what? Just I, pulls you back in. Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm sometimes I open my phone, like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like I've just, I was on Instagram two minutes ago. Yeah. I'm like walking to the toilet and I'll pull my phone out yeah. and check Instagram on the walk to the toilet. I know. Like, I know. It's, it's like you said, it's the best thing because you can, drive your message you can drive your product you can do so many great things and use it so well but it's also the worst thing because there's so much on there that you either compare yourself to or so much stuff you consume that you just do not need to consume mm. and you do yeah it's it's wild yeah. but i mean we're all suckers for it oh, and we can I'll all be on in a minute yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, the crazy thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. just under the table uh-huh. right now the podcast is <laughs> flicking like, through yeah. reactions <laughs> <laughs> um the, the last little segment i want to quickly talk to you about is um, sippy your yep. new beer yeah everyone's doing their alcohol brands and yes, your yeah. one's bloody epic I, yeah. actually i don't drink i'm five and a half months sober Congrats. if you bring out a non-alcohol awesome, i'll no, give it a try but sure. I'll, I'll wait for when i yeah. um, when i get around to Done. next year i'll yeah. definitely try some but yeah tell me how that came about and what the vision and goals are with that yeah so sippy is just uh our beer as you said like um we spoke about using social media for good and having this platform where i can kind of um not influence, but use what I have to try and convert that into to my beer and, and hopefully people like it because I think there's strong alignment between my following of footy sports lovers, young men, and having a beer with your mates. So yeah. we created Sippy Lager just to literally represent that, having a cold beer with your mates. And um, recently we made the business decision and 
just a decision we wanted to make is that we're going to start donating um, two dollars from every online sale to mental health charities. Good idea. Which is really cool. So um, Nick, my business partner, and myself both struggled um, with our mental health, and we thought if we can get mates to sit down and have this this blue can, it might not be the first you know um, drink that they have where they open up and talk about, but maybe two or three they say, you know what, we know we bought this beer, we know the message that comes with it. Let's mm. sit down and have a chat. So. Um, Sydney's going really well. We're uh, in Vintage Cellars uh, all in Victoria at the end of this month, which would be really cool. And um, I just wanted to, to make something that would be bigger than my existence on social media because I know that everything on there eventually is going to expire. Like, mm. I can't imagine a 40-year-old me on TikTok reacting to stuff still and going, this guy's so cool. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that's going to happen. So um, why not try and make something of it while I can? And um, as I said, I think there's a really cool message behind it. It's a really like, good-tasting beer in the end as well. But the message behind it and why we do it um, is awesome. So I can't wait to see where it goes and where it goes. Yeah, it's super exciting. It's, mm. um, it's cool. There's, it's smart. There's a lot of athletes who make all this money and mm. just don't know how to actually yeah. do anything with it. Yeah. And then also a lot of people who build a big social following mm. or, but don't actually do anything with it. That's why I feel like this podcasting route is like really cool. Cause it does open up kind of different conversations and yep. different avenue. But then like you said, having the beer as well and actually leveraging the profile to use it smart. Yeah. Like you said, you can use it for not good or bad, but you can be smart with your social media Definitely. reach. Yeah. And um, I mean, you just got to look at the inspired unemployed boys. Oh, like, killing it. Killing it. Killing it. Like, one of the smartest. Literally so smart. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing great. And came to a point with like, I was doing um, stuff on my social, promoting other people's beers and spirits. It's like, why would I, I can just make one and do yeah. it myself. And like, I can, I can do what they're doing. Like I can build my own beer brand and I can promote it and yeah. I can get it in people's mouths. And the coolest thing now is when people buy it and they send me a photo and say, how good is this? Like, this, this actually isn't that shit. It's pretty good. I was like, awesome. That's hey, great. What have been some of the challenges? We spoke about this pre, like off air before mm. coming from a sport background yeah. and me, we literally said before <laughs> off air, like we suck at business and we suck at money. What have been some challenges starting um, a beer business? Definitely that. Definitely like, like, you know, I said before, um, off air like i hate spreadsheets i hate spreadsheets i hate i hate finances i hate my business finances um i don't get it it's not a strength of mine i know i need to understand it but i've got a good business partner who's the total opposite of me loves that stuff and he's right across it um it's almost like having someone to be like i need you to dumb this down for me as if i was five years old that's like me <laughs> yeah, like, make it as easy as possible so that's been a massive challenge just to be like okay it wasn't what i thought it wasn't like Hey, start a beer, sell it. Everyone's gonna love it. Bring it back in, rinse mm, and repeat. There's a lot of so steps much legalities. To... Like we have so, especially in liquor, we have so many laws. Well, you know, we have, yeah. you're involved with something as well. We have laws where you can and can't promote what you can and can't market, what you can and can't say when you're marketing your product. Like it's crazy. I never ever thought um, it'd be like that. In terms of other stuff for us, it's all the dry goods. So making sure all the cans, all the lids, all the boxes, all the stickers. Everything's there on time. Making sure the brewer's putting the beer on your deadlines. Otherwise, if you don't do that, then you're then back your away. Suppliers are all so you're, stuff, yeah, you're yeah. missing out your suppliers, invoicing suppliers. Like it goes on and on. It's crazy. Um, but it's all stuff. As much as I said I hate it, I love it as well. Mm, like the I challenge, love it. Huh? The challenge. And like even um, even when I have it at home and I open the beer, open my fridge, and like that's like I did that. That's so that's cool. So cool. Like, that is nice so cool. Feeling. And like when we're in. Um, 
in our stores at the end of the month, walking past the store and being like, man, I did that. Like, that's sick. Like, that's someone's cool, going to buy that and someone's going to taste it and they might not like it or they might love it and it might be their new beer. Mm. That's awesome to do that. That should be a good little thing for anyone out there listening. For mm. one, if you see Sippy, go and buy some. 100%. But just supporting, like, the small things because it's not some billionaire guy that owns no. Carlton and yeah. is selling 100 million yep. cases a week. Yeah. It's, like, cool to realise that by buying a product from someone smaller, mm. it's actually impacting somebody directly yeah if that makes sense like i feel the same like with my merch yeah anytime you see someone wearing it you're like oh that's so cool like i came up with that design i did that like the impact that that can have is because of me like same with you like imagine how many conversations are going to be had because of that blue can and because of the message behind it like that's going to be something that it's awesome you know what i mean makes you so proud it's so awesome like that then and then and like you said like the message now so when people go buy their their slabs of, of sippy like just knowing that they might not even know, but hopefully they do know that when they buy that, we are encouraging you to just have a chat with your mate, check in. And it doesn't have to be in depth about mm. tell me everything, but hey, mate, are you actually okay? Well, yeah. Let's have a sippy together. We both know what it, it symbolizes. Yeah. How are you going? Yeah. That's what we want to do. So, And like you said, with orders, like because we're so small, we're not a big Carlton draft. Like, yeah. Or I see names of people and I see where they're from. Like James from Perth, thank you so much. Mm. that is unreal that mate you've, you've made my day and I hope when you get the beer you have a great day as well isn't that bloody epic it's, it's so cool yeah last couple little questions I want to ask you mm. who inspires you what's what's your kind of what yeah. gets you up in the morning who's someone like what sort of content do you consume that you're like this guy's like yeah. this guy or girl is yeah. super inspiring I've got a uh, one of my best mates his name's Aaron um, and he most mornings he'll send me a video like a clip of a, a quote that someone says every day Wow. And he does it regularly, morning, night, whatever it might be, almost every day to a T. And he's uh, he's probably at the moment, you know, my inspiration of what gets me going because there's been plenty of mornings where you wake up, roll over, check the phone. But when there's a morning, there's a message from him, he's up already getting it, attacking it, going after it, and he sent me something already. How important is it having those people around you who are hustling? It's like you awesome. become the people around you. Yeah, you literally do. And I, he, I, he's the, the one person I have these conversations with who we push each other and inspire each other. He's definitely one who like gets me going. Give me your best quote. <sighs> best quote, jeez, a few. Give um, me a couple. I've got a few good quotes. Too. I'll give you some after. A couple. Um, what's a good quote I have for you at the moment? mantra or something that yeah um i'm trying to think what i've listened to lately let me look at my phone yeah have a look, I'll, look t- I'll tell you mine you tell me one saying. let me see yeah one. one of my main ones and this is such a good one for just to live by is the act of confidence comes before the feeling of confidence yeah and the more i like think about that one i'm just like so many people are waiting for that opportunity and that feeling of confidence to come yeah but it never comes it yeah. comes through doing it it's like starting a business it's like oh i don't think i'm ready yet mm. it's like nobody knows how to do it the first time they do it no you got to learn that you gotta like you got to start doing for the confidence to come yeah i heard that one and i was like it's a good one for me because i got told it like by a big wave surfer like how do you build the confidence to throw yourself over the edge on a 20 foot wave yeah and he was like the act of confidence comes before the feeling i just do it and then i'm in the situation i yeah. Sink or swim. 100%, <laughs> Literally. 100%. 100%. Is he, what's he sent me today? This. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Energy. Let it out. Seven. There's a guy working out. Nine. Ten. A machine here. There you go. Nobody works like David in this house. Thirteen. Come on. 
14. Come on. 15. Shut that muscle down. 16. Come on. Get it. 17. They don't know me, son. Get it. 18. They don't know me, son. Get it. So this is just some guy working out today, this one. But again, like it doesn't... Just stuff like that, though. Just stuff like that to get you going. Mm. Like it's just stuff that... Like that is literally just David Goggins pushing weights. But it's like, what am I, if, if, if he's doing that, two things we get every day. Here we go. Two things we get every day. That's a chance and a choice. Let's put more value on the choices that we make because our choices are what determine our destination. Two things. Mm, right. I love videos like that. Awesome. So like I send that. you those daily. Mm. Um, and it's just like to wake up and have that. It's just like, okay, awesome. Yeah. I'm reset. I'm ready to go. Yeah, and my feed's filled with that sort of stuff, like mm. motivational stuff. And yeah. if anyone out there who is looking to sort of get on that hustle mode and growth and move through life, mm. make sure you go and find, like, so make much. your algorithm start spitting that yeah. stuff out to you. Like, Literally, there's so much out there. Yeah. So it, much. I, I get super inspired by that stuff too, like yeah. making those videos that like, yeah. and it really does. It makes me it watch does. and go like, yeah, you know what? Like life's here to be lived. It's, life's here to get after. It's one of those ones like you can even... I watch them. I go out, I go after them and find them even when I'm feeling like not in any mood. I'm not motivated, but I need something to get going. You could pick me up, hey? I need a massive pick me up. I go and find them on TikTok, Instagram, wherever it is. And it just gives you like, just gives you a boost and you yeah. get started. And once you get started, then you're in a roll. I love that. Yeah. That's epic. Last two little questions. What have you got coming up? What are you excited about the next sort of six to 12 months? You always, people always go like five to 10 years. I'm like, yeah. I kind of couldn't even tell what I'm doing next week. But like yeah, exactly. six to 12 months, what are you kind of looking forward to? Yeah, I'm excited for, I'm on the, I feel like I'm on this growth path at the moment See. and it's just building. And I said to my fiance um, the other day, I feel like something's about to happen, but I don't know what it is. But it's like, it's just beneath the surface. I need to keep scratching. Mm. So I need to keep going hard with my list clogger stuff. I need to keep going with sippy, Instagram, TikTok. Something's there. I, I, I tell you, it's funny. I feel the same. Yeah. But you're already there. Yeah. Like you're thinking, oh, I just need keep to get going. more. Yeah. But like you're there. Like once you can start like yeah. just being appreciative and be like, I'm sure you are grateful. Yeah. And like, like you said already, you're grateful for the platform. But it's yeah. like, I've felt like I'm about to tip that stone. But if I looked a year ago at where I am now, I did tip that stone. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I think that's, that's it's, it's a healthy it. mindset to have that that's a great way to look ambition, it. but it's also like, yeah, you got to sometimes stop and be like, wait a second. Maybe I'm here. I feel, yeah. I've yeah. Built, and that's then, great. And I've never thought about that like that. Yeah. Mm. So that's how I felt. I think that in my next, in my next, my next six to 12 months is that feeling. But like you said, I might already be there. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited about sippy summer. Sippy. Yeah. Sippy summer coming up will be huge. I'm excited to, be in the sun and have a chat with people, people I've never met before, opening up, talking about Sippy, what it represents. Super excited to keep learning more about myself. When are you getting married? 2023. Nice. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. I should next say that. Year. Otherwise, Anna will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> 2023 next year. Super excited for that. Um, that's been an interesting process. I think when you when you get married and you start putting your list together, you like you start working out who really... Well, you just think who's been there for you through mm. the hard times. There's been a lot of hard times with COVID for yeah. everyone. So that's been great to think about it and sit down and be like, okay, I've got a lot of good people around me. That's epic. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're in a good place, man. It's really um, cool to see like post-career, so many people get so lost and find it really hard to find their feet. But it seems like now you've hit your, ground, hit the, hit your stride and really yeah. moving forward, which is super exciting. But that's the great. last question I do finish every Good Humans podcast mm. with is, what does being a good human mean to Dan Gorringe? 
Jeez, a good question. It's a good human to me. Someone who's shows empathy, respect, a really good listener. Mm. A really good listener is a good human to me. Um, care, love, all those things. If you combine all those things, you're going pretty well to be a good human, yeah. I think. Bloody oath. That's yeah. a good answer. You're pretty quick to it. So many people get stumped on that. I've asked that to 70 people now yeah. and it's um, been a different answer every single time, which right. is really cool that yeah. we all kind of articulate what a good human is and it changes from time to time i could ask in two weeks and it'll be a different could answer totally different which yeah, is exactly. cool. and that's why we've got to grow as humans yeah. but man thanks so much for doing this we Mate. finally got to do it it's been big thanks to josh and steph yeah, as well for letting you. me letting me thanks. come to melbourne and just bounce around <laughs> and record wherever i so be but man we Mate, did it thanks thank so much man. for coming on good human thank podcast you, and thank you for being so open it's um it takes a big man to be able to yeah. especially like a footy player and but yeah, obviously you pride, not pride yeah. yourself on it, but it's something that you do across all of your brands and across mm. your personal profile now yeah. is being that sort of guy who can, yeah, represent someone who's yeah. a strong, successful man, but also someone who's willing to have those tough conversations yeah. and open up to their mates. So. No, thank you, mate. Thanks for having me on. Like I said, you're absolutely kicking goals here. You've got a good thing. You're, you're, you're making people feel comfortable to talk, whether they're listening or you and I today. Like we've just met in person first time today. You make me feel super comfortable to talk, so... Keep killing it, man. Cheers, man. Appreciate it. Cheers, bro. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.